Welcome to the Thyroid Fixer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and we're diving deep into the world of hormones, especially for all you fierce women in perimenopause and menopause, and everyone struggling with hypothyroidism. So if you are battling weight gain, you're feeling like shedding those pounds is an impossible feat. If you're dealing with plummeting energy levels, gut-wrenching fatigue, or a libido that seems to have left town, then you're in the right place. And let's not even start on the hair loss. If these symptoms are sounding all too familiar, you have found your tribe. My goal is to educate, empower, and shake up your world. Remember, I want you to embrace every inch of that badass woman that you truly are. So if you're ready to dive in and fix things, let's go. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So today we're talking about the GLPs because I hear your questions. I see your questions. Should I do a GLP-1? Now, wait, what is a GLP? Glucagon-like peptide. And I have multiple podcasts on this, two, three different ones. But I think it's important for us to break down what exactly GLPs do and what they're intended for. Now, the GLPs originally came out for type 2 diabetics. So one of the first ones was Trulicity. And when it came out, I mean, it had such promise as being a powerhouse to lower glucose because what these GLPs do is they essentially release insulin from your pancreas in order to lower glucose, which makes sense. If you're walking around as a type 2 diabetic, that's what you want to do. You want to lower that high glucose because walking around with high glucose is not good. That causes the neuropathy the nerve damage, the neuropathy, blindness, not to mention obesity and the inability to lose weight, which has its own set of side effects and disease states that go right along with it. Ozempic came out and that's an FDA approved actually to reduce the risk of major cardiovascular events in people with type 2 diabetes and established cardiovascular disease. And Manjaro and Ozempic both mimic that GLP-1 hormone, glucagon-like peptide 1 hormone. In doing so, when you cause the pancreas to release more insulin, like we said, it will lower blood glucose. It's also going to have an effect on your digestion. Many of you know who have tried this already that there is a slowing of gastric emptying and digestion slows down. So that's where we get into the side effects of heartburn and the feeling of fullness that causes you not to eat as much. But then you get the heartburn, the nausea, sometimes the diarrhea, some severe 
GI symptoms that we're actually going to talk about in the in the cons section of today's talk. So Ozempic is essentially semaglutide. And semaglutide was kind of like the baby that came out first. Then it followed by Manjaro. And Manjaro has something else special to it. Manjaro actually has a an effect that makes it more effective because it's working on the GLP-1 and GIP-1 pathway. They both have box warnings for the thyroid C-cell tumors, including cancer. Now, what we found when this first came out was that it was only indicated or only a warning for thyroid cancer in those who have already had metastatic thyroid disease. It was okay for everyone else. And that was a big question that I received quite often. Can I take this if I just have thyroid disease? And the answer originally was yes, because it was only black box for those who have had a history of thyroid cancer. Now we're starting to see a few more safety concerns, a few more lawsuits come out regarding the efficacy and the safety and how those two balance out. Let's stay on the pros though first before we get to the cons. I don't want to I don't want to give you too many of the cons and have you shut down right away, right? When we're looking at Manjaro Ozempic, price tag is a big one and coverage is a big one. Now these companies have started clamping down a little bit more on what they will actually cover and what you need to show to obtain coverage. Most of them require a hemoglobin A1C above a six. And most of them require documentation that you actually are a type two diabetic or that you have very erratic glucose control. So some people, even with low blood sugars, abnormally low blood sugars, but that still have the, the weight gain and the inability to lose weight will get their prescriptions covered from the GLPs simply because their glucose control is still off. They're spiking high and they're dropping down low, which is why they sometimes will get very low glucose readings. List price for Manjaro, usually around 1000 to 2500 per month or per fill. I've heard above that as well. Ozempic is around 700 to 1000 a month. You can also get both semaglutide, Ozempic, and terzepatide, Manjaro, from compounding pharmacies. Now, the compounding pharmacies, they still run around 600 to 1,000 per month, depending on your dose. You don't have to go to the pharmacy and pay an astronomically high price. Still high priced. Now, the other way to go about this, which some people have done, is to go to Peptide Sciences or what are the other peptide research-only websites. There's Limitless Life Nootropics, Peptide Sciences, can Labs is another one that I frequent to get my peptides, but they don't really carry. I've never seen terzepatide on there. Much less expensive, but you're not guaranteed quality. Whenever you purchase from a research-only peptide site, you are absolutely not guaranteed that what is in the vial is what's listed on the label because you're buying it for research purposes only. Now, the majority of people that I've heard of purchase one of these GLPs from a research site, they've responded in the way that they should respond. They lost appetite. They got a little nauseous. Fatigue is another big side effect that I often hear. I'm not quite sure of the mechanism of action, except that it's slowing gastric motility. 
and it's releasing more insulin, which is dropping glucose. So it is possible that you'll drop your glucose abnormally low, especially if you are using it, let's say to lose those last 10 or 15 pounds and you have pretty decent glucose and insulin control in taking one of these, you can drop fairly low, especially in the first couple of days and experience some extreme fatigue. And sometimes this fatigue will be a little bit crushing. I've had some people go off of the GLPs just simply because of their experience with that level of fatigue, crazy, crazy fatigue. Okay, what else do we want to talk about before we get into the cons? Well, reduction of body weight. Okay, the average weight loss on the Ozempic, Manjaro, Trulicity, the average amount of weight loss in that first month is anywhere between two to nine pounds. And then that effect will continue, although just like anything, even a regular diet that you're going on, you're going to hit a plateau. And usually those plateaus are when people have to increase the dose. Now, like anything, when you increase the dose of something, you're also increasing your side effect risk. So as you need to go up in that dose to simulate more weight loss, there's a higher risk of side effects, such as the delayed gastric emptying and the nausea and the heartburn. I have tried, I've shared this in the past, that I have tried Monjaro. I do like it, for weight loss. I dropped way too low when I use it, when I was using it every single week. My body fat and my body weight dropped incredibly low to the point where it wasn't even comfortable. So I actually came off of it for an extended period of time, about six to eight weeks, brought it back in, and then was using it just once a month. I do still plan on, despite the cons that we're going to get into, I do still plan on using it once a month because of the insulin lowering effect of it. So we know when we lower insulin, we reduce our risk of Alzheimer's, we reduce our risk of cancer, we reduce our risk of those diseases associated with high insulin levels. We know that Alzheimer's right now is called type three diabetes. Well, all of those disease states that are associated with high insulin outside of just obesity will be not completely remedied or prevented by but what's the word that we can use? You'll be assisted in the prevention. It's just another biohacking tool. With all that being said, I will get back to you whether or not I will continue to use it once a month as a biohacking tool because of the cons. Here's some of the cons. Woman sues drug makers of Ozempic and Manjaro over severe injuries. This one, a Louisiana woman filed a lawsuit. Now, all right, wait, let's stop and back up. I get it that we're in a sue happy kind of a society and that people will sue if they trip over a curb or get hot coffee from McDonald's. So with each one of these stories, we kind of have to see what did the people do and was it really correlated to proper use of the medication and proper dosing of the medication? So this woman filed a lawsuit claiming she suffered severe injuries due to her use of Ozempic and Manjaro, which were prescribed by her doctor. Now, why was she using both? Did she use one first and then the other? And what were the severe injuries? So she had gastrointestinal issues. She had teeth falling out, severe vomiting, stomach pain, gastrointestinal burning. And apparently she had to go to the hospital quite a few times 
for these serious side effects. She required additional medication to alleviate her excessive vomiting, and she was throwing up whole foods hours after eating. This lawsuit claims that the two companies, makers of Manjaro and Ozempic, knew of the association between the use of GLP-1 receptor agonists and the risk of developing severe gastrointestinal issues, including gastroparesis and gastroenteritis. Now, gastroparesis is that slowing down of everything moving through your GI tract. I've had patients with gastroparesis in the past, not caused by the GLPs, and they have to take medication in order to move food and nutrients through their gut. Vomiting, abdominal pain, they're both actually listed as possible adverse events for on the prescribing information for Ozempic and Manjaro. But that gastroparesis or stomach paralysis is pretty severe and is not one that you want to have last long-term. You will experience it if you use these drugs for at least a couple of days out of that first week of, of use. Well, after every injection, not just the first week, after every consecutive injection, you will have those blocked of days where you're not hungry. So you say, oh, wow, well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And it helps you control cravings and control your food intake. But it's not awesome if you develop gastroparesis. Because then you're looking at nutrient malabsorption. And you're looking at food basically laying in your stomach, not being processed and not being moved along. So then when the scale goes up, because you have 10 pounds of waste in your GI tract, don't be alarmed. It's not that the drug isn't working. It's working you're just holding on to all your food. Gastroenteritis, inflammation of the GI tract, also possibly reversible, possibly not reversible. Wygovi is another GLP, very, very similar. It's also semaglutide. And we have to look at the liraglutide, which was one of the first ones too. Now I said that, what did I say? Ozentrulicity was one of the first ones. I think Wygovi is actually one of the, the first, first, first ever tides. It was liraglutide. And that worked by mimicking a hormone that naturally is made by the body, GLP-1, that slows the passage of food through the stomach, helps people feel full longer. The downside of Wygovi, Wegovi, Wegovi, Wygovi, is that people had to use it more often. So this was a daily injection instead of a once a week injection. Okay, so this was one adverse event story. Here's another one. Okay, now we're going back to Wagovi. Wagovi weight loss drug linked to stomach paralysis. We have a, where was that other one that I saw? There was one story that just came out and a woman actually died. So she was using these, GLPs. Oh yeah. Death of a 56-year-old Australian woman. Trish Webster, a 56-year-old Australian woman reportedly died after using Ozempic along with Sexenda, Sexenda, which I did not mention yet. Another prescription injection for weight loss. She lost about 33 pounds over five months, which is about right for these drugs. I wouldn't say that that's an abnormal amount of weight to lose over the course of five months but experienced adverse effects that reportedly took a toll on her health. Her husband found her unconscious 
with a brown discharge coming out of her mouth. The cause of death was determined to be gastrointestinal illness. That's a little crazy. I haven't heard of a death yet, but I have heard of these severe side effects. Another one, 44-year-old diabetic woman experiences severe side effects. This is another lawsuit filed on behalf of a 44-year-old diabetic woman who took both Ozempic and Manjaro. Oh, no, this is the one that lost her teeth. That's right. So this is the Louisiana woman, delayed gastric emptying. Yeah, why was she on both of them? I don't know. I can't find the answer in any of the stories. So that's another one you have to kind of pull back and go, was she taking both at the same time? Because that's not a good idea. Hopefully she started one and then followed with the other. Many people will start on Ozempic and then move to Manjaro because Manjaro is reported to have less side effects than Ozempic and Wagovi and Trulicity. So we're kind of separating out the semaglutide over here. Semaglutide is your Ozempic, Trulicity. And over here we have terzepatide which is Manjaro. Manjaro has less side effects than Ozempic or Trulicity, but still has some side effects. Believe me, I've had side effects. When I started reintroducing my Manjaro, and I shared this on the podcast I did with Betty Murray, I had severe heartburn that would last for about three days to the point where if I ate anything really within six to seven hours of eating, because of that slowed, delayed gastric emptying, it really took that long of a period of time for everything to calm down and for my food to be digested. So it wasn't just laying there creating acid reflux all night long. So needless to say, I didn't sleep well for the first couple of days after reintroducing Manjaro. Did I ever get used to it? No. Could it have been that I damaged my GI tract slightly? Yes. And that's why I'm still on the fence as to whether or not I will add it back in as a, as a biohacking regimen. I believe I will. And I'm going to keep playing around so I can keep giving you all feedback because I'm looking at it more in terms of the insulin lowering effect of it and keeping my insulin and glucose under control to prevent the diseases of aging since I have Alzheimer's in my family. I'm not necessarily looking at it as a weight loss medication, I'm pretty good. And in terms of craving control, I have that already. So even just by using berberine and now my new metabolism fixer, which has suppressant in it that we'll talk about, that's helping to suppress cravings enough that I don't need my appetite completely shut down. That's one of the things that I talk about on the other podcasts on GLPs, is that if you do go on these, you have to eat protein like it is your job. And you're not going to want to eat the protein. So you better get a really good shake on hand. Do at least two scoops to equal 40 grams per shake because you have to figure with that slow gastric emptying, some of that protein is not going to be absorbed. So you really want to probably shoot for, if you're a woman, around 150, 160 grams of protein a day. If you're a dude on this, Gosh, 200, 250 easily. So you're going to have to do that in the form of shakes because you're not going to want to eat. That actually bothered me after some time. That, that no appetite feeling was uncomfortable. And if you're in tune enough with your body, there's going to be a little red flag that raises that says, maybe this isn't a good idea. 
because you're literally not eating enough every day. And there's going to be some nutrient deficiencies and there's going to be muscle tissue breakdown, which leads me to the next con. Peter Atia, give him credit. I said this in the other podcast. He put out an article on his blog that said, hey, we're starting to see a decline in muscle mass, that these GLP-1 drugs are eating away muscle tissue. And I will never forget reading that article. And I was about two months into playing around with Manjaro. And I thought, nah, that's, a, that's only if you're not eating or not working out. I work out every day. I lift heavy shit. That's not going to happen to me. And then it did. And then I saw severe muscle loss to the point where, you know, I call them, I, I call them my mother's skin, right? Because I, I remember my mom was alive and, you know, she was getting, oh my God, she was 80. And she started having that, like that wrinkled, crepey looking skin where her muscles should be. Arms, knees, you hear me ladies, right? In her thighs. And sure enough, I looked down one day, look at my arms, I look at my legs, I look at my knees. And I got my mom's skin and it was rapid. It was rapid. And that's when I knew I had lost muscle tissue and it didn't even matter how much protein I ate. It helped when I really started paying attention to it. And like I said, in the past episodes, I wish someone had told me in the very, very, very beginning to literally consume probably around 100 grams of protein and shakes per day because you're only going to get in 20 to 50 grams in your meals simply because of the decreased appetite. But you, anybody can drink a shake. Like even if you're not hungry, you can sit here and drink a shake, right? So I wish someone would have told me that in the very, very beginning, but they didn't. I did experience the muscle loss. When I have reintroduced it because I'm only doing it once a week, that week or once a month, that one week that I do the injection for seven days after, I am downing two double scoop protein shakes a day. So my I, I use my own, go figure, because it tastes awesome. I do two scoops of that, which is 42 grams twice a day. So I'm getting 84 grams in the form of shakes. And then I can manage, especially like Greek yogurt, like a nice organic Greek yogurt that goes down nice and easy. And I will still eat one meal. But if you have a steak in front of you, maybe a third to a half of the steak is all you're going to be able to stomach. And it's the strangest feeling ever to completely lose your appetite. Where literally you're like, I can't take another bite. Now, please, I do not want people out there listening to go give me some of that. That's awesome. Because listen to me, if you don't eat, you will downregulate your metabolism. And if you don't eat, you will lose lean muscle tissue. That lean muscle mass is what's giving you metabolism. It's what's giving you shape. It's what makes you look good. I mean, if you think that Twiggy is the epitome of beauty, then yeah, go ahead and do the Manjaro because you're going to be like that. You're going to lose all your muscle. You're going to be a stick figure, maybe with loose, sagging skin because we're talking about Twiggy in her heydays and 20s, right? So if you lose that kind of fat mass and you lose that kind of muscle, What's next? Your skin sags. You got mom skin. Okay, we didn't even get to Ozempic face. There is 
such thing as Manjaro face and Ozempic face. You can Google it and you'll see before and after pictures of people who have posted their Ozempic face. And what it looks like is that they've aged. So they look about 10 to 15 years older than they are because they lost the fat pads in their face. So as we age, we start to lose fat. That's why there's fillers out there. That's why there's fat transfer out there. That's why there's fat fillers out there to replace that youthful fat that we have in our faces. When your body's burning fat, it's not going to say like, well, you know what, Julie, we're just going to take it off your ass today. And some in that stomach area that you hate so much. We're going to leave your boobs alone and we're going to leave your face alone because that's where you want to keep your fat. No, doesn't rationalize. The drugs do not rationalize. The drugs do what they do. And that is burning fat. So you will absolutely get Manjaro face over time as you're on it. So your face will become sunken. And then, I mean, God forbid, ladies, you're over the age of 40, you're screwed. Because once you start to lose that fat in your face, it's not like you're going to build it back up. I mean, you'd have to gain an extra 100 pounds in order to build up the fat in your face. Once it's gone, it's gone. And now you're paying even more to get the fillers and to get the fat transfer. I did see an article as I was looking up Manjaro face or Ozempic face. I saw an article that dove into the amount that this that a couple of women ponied up that they spent after using Manjaro. And this one woman ended up like spending like $50,000. So she did the fillers and she did this and did that and ended up with a facelift because of what it did to her face. She's like, you know, I should have just gotten on a great diet, maybe use metabolism fixer. No, she didn't say that. Could it should have just gone on a great diet and maybe like, you know, use 10 grand of that 50 to get a little bit of lipo where I didn't like the fat stores instead of using this. And now I'm in the hole an additional 40 grand just to save my face. That is real. That is real. So when we're looking at alternatives, this is why, guess what? Metabolism Fixer came out this week. I'm, I'm timing this kind of sort of in line with Metabolism Fixer, but yet I'm not because these are legit questions that I've received over the last week or two on GLPs. Like, can I do a podcast on it? Can I dive more into it? Can we talk about the pros and cons? Should I use it? Should I use it if I only have 10 or 15 pounds to use? So that's why I wanted to bring you this, lay everything out on the table. I'm not telling you, I'm going to Andrew Huberman this, just like he does on the alcohol podcast. I'm going to Andrew Huberman it. I'm not telling you to use it or not use it. I am giving you all of the information for you to make the best decision for yourself. And money definitely comes into play. So we already went over the cost of these peptides, whether you get them from research facilities, as a prescription, you're looking at 1,000 to 2,500 a month, or even from compounding pharmacies, probably around like 600 to 1,000 a month. Versus maybe over here, we optimize your thyroid, you clean up the shit that you're putting into your mouth, and you use something like, if you have an issue with cravings and hunger, then you use something like metabolism fixer with suppressant in it to suppress your appetite. Or if you are a type two diabetic, now we're over here and you have 
20 plus pounds to lose, or you have 15 to 20 pounds to lose and you've done everything, everything, and you are stuck. Or you busted your ass and lost 60 pounds and now those last 15 are not coming off no matter what you do. Then I am okay with you adding in one of these GLPs to push the needle, just to move the needle. You add it in, you move that needle, your body starts to shed the weight, you keep your diet under control, and then you can come off of it and maintain, hopefully without the major side effects. Now, like I said earlier, I'm going to say it again. We're just going to keep circling back around so I can drive this point home and get it in your head. Those side effects are not just from an increased dose. They are not just from long-term use. There are people that use it one time, one shot, and report pretty severe side effects. Now, are you going to lose your teeth after one shot? No. But may you vomit for a couple of days? Yeah. I've also heard from people, listen, I can't do this and take this because I can't be down and out for two days. The nausea, the weakness, the fatigue, I can't function for a few days after I use this. That's not acceptable. It's not acceptable to my life and my lifestyle, my work, my family, my kids. So there are people that experience the side effects right off the bat. And then there are people that don't experience the severe side effects like gastroparesis, loss of teeth, or multiple trips to the hospital until they're using this for a while. So come to the table of your decision, well-informed price, side effects, commitment, alternatives, and then how are you going to eat afterwards? So I lovingly call these, and you'll hear me say this all the time, the Beverly Hills Soccer Mom Drug of Choice for Weight Loss. Because when they first came out, every woman in Beverly Hills ran out, every woman everywhere, ran out and had their doctor prescribe it because there was a coupon and that coupon got people hooked. Just like back in the days of OxyContin, that coupon got people addicted. $25 for a month. Sure, here's a script. Now you're using it and you're thinking, I can actually eat like two pieces of pizza a day and I don't gain weight. And I'm losing weight so quickly that I can eat like garbage and not change a thing about my eating habits. And I'll still fit into my size four pants. The problem is, is that no one changed their eating habits. And that is why we have the weight gain, the weight regain. Big question I get from you all. What about when I come off of it? What's going to happen? Well, if you don't change your eating, it is entirely possible entirely possible and probable that you will put that weight back on. So you lost 20, 20 is coming back on and maybe then some, because here's the other thing. If you did these drugs, if you took these drugs in the Beverly Hills Soccer Mom Drug of Choice way, then you also dropped your metabolism because you didn't eat protein like it was your job. And you, you relished in that lack of appetite. I mean, no appetite. You're consuming maybe 500 to 700 calories a day. And guess what? Those calories are garbage and you still lost weight. And by the way, you can drink and not get drunk because of the slowed gastric motility. 
So you don't even absorb the alcohol, though you might be hung over the next day or the next afternoon. And that might be when it hits you. You won't get drunk in the moment. So women are down in bottles of wine every night. This is sweet. I got my bonbons and my red wine and my Netflix. I mean, listen, I would buy tickets all day to that show, but it's not good for you. So we have to think of the long-term consequences. And will this drop your metabolism for the long run? What about when you come off of these drugs? If you didn't change your eating and if you didn't eat protein like it's your job, your T3 is dropping. And because our bodies are so smart, when we go into survival mode, remember that term from, I mean, that was like the 80s and 90s. You don't want to eat too little because your body will go into survival mode. Well, that's a real thing. I've had patients that have done this to themselves over the years, obsessive dieting, possibly a history of eating disorders, and they have dropped their metabolism. And it takes a long time to rebuild that fire, a long time for the metabolism to spring back. And it sucks in the meantime, because you've healed your eating disorder, you've addressed the issues, you're eating so well again, you have a personalized nutrition plan right in front of you, and you can't lose weight because you dropped your metabolism. So in going on any of these GLPs, if you're using them for weight loss, you have to go in fully informed. Again, the costs, the side effect, eat protein link at your job, possibly cycle on and off of them. I mean, lift heavy shit. I didn't say that, but I don't think it needs to be said or does it need to be said. You better be lifting heavy too. You better have your testosterone optimized to keep your muscle mass. Because if your testosterone isn't optimized, ladies and gentlemen, you will lose muscle like nobody's business. I mean, my testosterone was actually optimized and I still got my mom's skin from muscle loss. Now, like I said, I believe that was because I didn't eat enough protein. Nobody told me to down protein like it was my job, but I'm telling you that so you can go in well-informed. Just a little bit on Suppressa if you want to use this as an alt. There's actually scientific studies on this bad boy, which is why I put it in metabolism fixer. So you have 69% decreased hunger. Studies show that Suppressa can help dieters. I hate that term, dieters. How about people? Be less hungry compared to placebo subjects. 65% reduce sugar cravings. So reduction in sugar cravings. Clinical studies show that Suppressa starts giving people the power to control cravings starting within two weeks. So you really have to be on it for two weeks to start getting that that increase in willpower. It is natural. It is safe. Side effect free. Zero. Zero side effects. Clinically studied, it is patented. It is kosher and non-GMO. Just in case you wondered about those two things. Absolutely included in weight management programs, especially for those who are kind of prone to snacking, prone to those sugar cravings, prone to overeating in general. This study was conducted with 60 healthy, only slightly overweight women. So these are my my peeps out there, 10 to 15 pounds, maybe 10 to 20 pounds, 5 to 20 pounds. That's it. That's all you need to lose. Who are between 25 and 45 years old. Suppress the intake over eight weeks resulted in significantly greater body weight reduction than the placebo group. Decreased snacking by 55%. 
Decrease in appetite was 69%. No reports of side effects. And compliance was excellent and easy breezy. So that's always an alternative. But the main focus of this is the GLP-1s. That's what I wanted to go over with you today. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pros, the cons. Listen, there's a lot of pros. Manjaro terzepatide was just, I guess, given the stamp of approval by the FDA to be used in the treatment of obesity. And we have issues with obesity in this country. So me really laying out these pros and cons are more for all y'all out there. Again, I'm going to put a cap. I'm going to put a cap on the 50 pound weight loss. I think you can lose 50 pounds through diet changes, optimization of your thyroid, optimization of your testosterone, insulin control, maybe by the use of berberine, inositol, suppressa, carbohydrate reduction, which will also decrease your weight and your, your sugar cravings. So can it be done under 50 pounds? Yes. If you are truly obese or diagnosed morbidly obese and you have heart disease and you have type 2 diabetes and you cannot get the weight off, then these GLP-1s are miracles. And I've seen them do miracles in my patients. You can see I'm really not taking a side here. Not really. I have photos. Oh, girl, you know who you are out there, right? You sent me a photo that blew my mind. You know what? I'm going to have to text you and ask you if I can use it. Blew my mind. Because I know when you started. And I know you were on the big struggle bus. And your A1C was through the roof. And your insulin was through the roof. And you were busy. And we did all the things, all the things, and you lost. And then you added in the GLPs. What'd you lose? hundred pounds, maybe? I have seen it work miracles in people, absolute miracles. And in this battle of obesity that we have created ourselves in this country with a standard American diet, with fast food out the wazoo, with busy lifestyles, with excess cortisol, with, with grab-and-go foods that are basically frankenfoods that have totally wrecked our endocrine system, we have a problem. We did it to ourselves, but we do have a problem. And cleaning up the diet and eating clean foods is one step and absolutely can be done. But sometimes we need to go one step further to save people who need to lose 100 or 200 pounds or 75 pounds or 85 pounds to save their life and to improve their health, and to take that strain off of their bones and their joints. Because carrying around an extra 100 pounds, if I strapped 100 pounds on you right now, you would be in such pain by the end of the day, and your joints would start to wear out in a week. So excess weight is a detriment to the human body. We have to figure out what's our best way to go about it. What's the best choice? How do we really tackle this? I'll give you another story. Before I let you go, my best friend, my best friend, she kind of wasn't deciding on the Manjaro train. I wanted her on it because I know her long ass struggle with battling weight, her busy schedule with trying to eat well, her travel schedule with trying to eat well. And it was tough. She had a family history of thyroid. We already took care of that family history of some hypoglycemia and uncontrolled diabetes there. 
Now, A1C looked good. Insulin looked good. Her glucose was even low. But this was it. Manjaro came in. Now she is down, oh, I don't know, 25, 30 maybe? Not quite sure. I saw the before and after the other day. She looks amazing. But she has control over her appetite now. And now when she starts to come off of it or space out the schedule, which we're starting to do already, now she's doing the once every two weeks and then we'll go to once every three weeks and then maybe once a month. She now has that control. And now that she's gone through many weeks of it, she knows here's what I take with me on my car rides. I'm not going to stop at the gas station and pick up a bag of Cheetos to eat on the drive home, the long drive home. Now she has that control to make better choices that is going to carry over into her life. Now, by no means was she obese, but she was struggling. She was struggling. Maybe put on, I don't know, since I first met her, maybe 40 pounds. I might be guessing low. She carries it well, but maybe 40. But it was enough to bother her. It was enough to weigh on her. It was enough to, to even impose on her confidence level. And ladies, we got to be confident rock stars every day to get our shit done. So for her, another story of absolutely freaking yes. I encourage it. No side effects. She did fine on it. Boom. Miracle. That's all the information. And you have to choose which path. The good news is that there are alternatives on this path of, no, I don't want to quite go down that route and risk gastroparesis and death and losing my teeth and mom skin and Manjaro face. I'm going to take this path, try these alternatives, see if that works. And then this over here is, it's always hanging out over here as an option. Or you might say, listen, been 100 pounds overweight now for five years. Had gastric bypass, that shit didn't work, came back on. So I'm going to try a GLP to get this weight off of me because now they want to put me on a statin and high blood pressure med and a sleeping pill for my sleep apnea and I got to use a CPAP machine. Yeah, do the GLP. Do the freaking GLP and get the weight off to get in a healthier state. There's the information, my lovelies. You take it and make an informed decision. And now I'm going to link to this podcast anytime you post in Girl Fix Your Thyroid. Hey, do you have a podcast on the pros and cons of the GLPs? So here you go. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.